I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom, I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. This is part three of the series. So Yeshua is the lawgiver. Let's examine this by looking at Deuteronomy in chapter 33. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 2, it says, The Lord came from Sinai. So this is speaking of the one that came from Sinai. And the verse goes on to say that he came with ten thousands of saints. Well, who is the one that comes with ten thousands of saints? In the book of Jude, chapter 1 and verse 14, it says the following. Enoch, also the seventh from Adam, prophesied unto thee, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. Going back to Deuteronomy in chapter 33 and verse 2, where it says the Lord came from Sinai, it goes on to say in verse 3 that he loved his people, all his saints are in your hand, and they sat down at your feet, and everyone shall receive of your words. Well, sitting down at your feet is a Hebrew idiom for learning or being taught the Torah. And in Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, we are told that this is what Mary did unto Yeshua. Luke chapter 10 verse 39 is written, and she had a sister called Mary, which sat at Yeshua's feet and heard his word. Deuteronomy in chapter 33 verse 2, once again, it is describing the one that came from Sinai. And toward the end of verse 2, it says, from his right hand. Well, who is the right hand? It is Yeshua the Messiah. It was the right hand in Psalm chapter 44 and verse 3, who we are told defeated the enemies of Israel in the promised land because it says, for they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm because you had favor on them. In Hebrews in chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, looking unto Yeshua, the author and the finisher of our faith, 
and it said of him, he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeshua is the right hand. So reviewing regarding the one that came from Sinai, Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 2, it says in verse 2 that he came with ten thousands of his saints. In verse 3 it says they sat at his feet, received of his word. In verse 2 it says from his right hand a fiery Torah for them. Yeshua gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. In Isaiah in chapter 33 and verse 22 it is written the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. So it's speaking about the lawgiver and about the lawgiver it says he is our king and he will save us. The one that will save us is our king. He is our judge. He is our lawgiver. Yeshua saves us. He's the king of Israel. He is the judge of the whole earth and he is the lawgiver. That's why it says in James in chapter 4 and verse 12 that there is one lawgiver who is able to save. As a final examination that Yeshua is the lawgiver, we're going to look at the temptation of Yeshua by Hasatan, the adversary or the devil, in Luke in chapter 4. And in this chapter, it's important for us to understand that Hasatan, the devil, the adversary, was not tempting God the Father. He was directly tempting Yeshua. And Luke chapter 4 and verse 1 it is written and Yeshua being full of the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan and he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness being 40 days tempted of the devil. Yeshua is the one that is being tempted and then continuing on in Luke chapter 4 verse 5 it is written and the devil taking him up into a high mountain showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto Yeshua, All this power will I give you in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I will give it. If you, Yeshua, will worship me, that is, the devil, or Hasatan, all shall be yours, that is, Yeshua. So Hasatan, the adversary, or the devil, is making a direct challenge to Yeshua. He's making a direct temptation unto him. So Yeshua responds in Luke chapter 4 and verse 8. Get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Get behind me, for it is written of me. You will worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Yeshua is quoting Deuteronomy in chapter 6 and verse 13. And the Lord your God, which you are to only serve in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13, we are told in verse 12, is the one that brought forth his people out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And we just studied earlier that this is Yeshua. Yeshua brought his people out of Egypt. He was the rock that was in the wilderness, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. And so he is saying that you will fear Yahweh, your Elohim. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and will swear by his name. So Yeshua refers to himself as Yahweh your Elohim. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 13 in 
the Hebrew, before we have Yahweh Elohim, it says in Hebrew, Aleph Tav Yahweh Elohim. Now, Aleph Tav, as it pertains to the Hebrew language, is what points and refers to you what the direct object is in the sentence. But on a deeper level, Aleph Tav is a representation or a term of Yeshua the Messiah. Aleph Tav, Yeshua, Yahweh Elohim. I want you to notice, going back to Luke in chapter 4, verse 8 once again, that it was Yeshua who was being tempted by the devil or Hasatan, and he said to the devil in the temptation, get behind me. He did not say, get behind God the Father. Get behind me, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So Yeshua called himself Yahweh your Elohim. Let's continue on in Luke chapter 4 and verse 9, where it says that he, that is the devil or Hasatan, brought him, that is Yeshua, to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said in him, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down from here. And then in verse 12, Yeshua answered and said, don't tempt the Lord your God. Yeshua is the one that was being tempted and Yeshua responded, now don't tempt the Lord your God. He was calling himself the Lord your God. He was quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16. Once again, Deuteronomy 6:16 is referring back to Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 12 to the one that brought forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And in the Hebrew, it says once again, Aleph Tav, Yahweh Elohim. Aleph Tav refers to Yeshua the Messiah from Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8 where Yeshua is called the Alpha, the Omega or the Aleph and the Tav. Yeshua is the rock that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. Psalm 78 in verse 35 it is written and they remembered that God was their rock and the high God their redeemer. Their redeemer is God. Their redeemer is the rock. Well, who is the Redeemer? It is Yeshua the Messiah. So their Redeemer, their rock, Psalm 78 verse 40, is who they provoked in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Verse 41, they turned back and they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. The Holy One of Israel, God. Our Redeemer is God and our Redeemer is our rock. That that's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 and verse 4 that the spiritual rock that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness, that that rock was Messiah. So through all this evidence, we can see that Yeshua is the lawgiver. And in examining Yeshua being the lawgiver, what did we understand? That there are terms and titles for Yeshua. He is called the Holy One of Israel. He's called the King of Israel, the Redeemer of Israel, the Savior of Israel. He is Yahweh of hosts. In Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verses 2 and 3 that he came from Mount Sinai with ten thousands of his saints. They sat at his feet, received of his word,
heard, and from his right hand came a fiery Torah. Yeshua is the lawgiver whose Torah they cast away in Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 24. Yeshua is Yahweh your Elohim. He was the rock that was in the wilderness and we love him by keeping his commandments. What we have covered so far in this study is we are seeing Yeshua in the Torah. We have seen that he created the heavens and the earth, that he made covenant with Abraham, that he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. He defeated Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. He was the rock that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness, and he gave the Torah at Mount Sinai. Next, what we need to understand is the name of the covenant family of Yeshua the Messiah. And what we're going to learn is the name of his covenant family is the house of Jacob. It was the house of Jacob that was at Mount Sinai. Exodus in chapter 19 and verse 3 it says, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob. Well, by watching movies like the Ten Commandments and I love watching the Ten Commandments. That is one of my favorite movies. But by watching movies like the Ten Commandments and from the time I was a little boy going to Sunday school and learning what is in the Bible. When I was reading from the Torah or the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, when I saw the words God or Lord, I just automatically rendered in my mind God the Father. And I always saw that it was the Jews that came out of Egypt. Well, according to the promise that was made to Abraham in Genesis in chapter 15, the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did come out of Egypt. So the Jewish people did come out of Egypt. But what I failed to recognize and understand is that it was not just the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who came out of Egypt. We are told in Exodus in chapter 12 and verse 37 that the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sukkot, verse 38, and a mixed multitude went up with them. Who is this mixed multitude that was with the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who came out of Egypt. Well, if you remember that the people came out of Egypt from the 10th plague, and the 10th plague was the killing of the firstborn in all the households of Egypt. And that decree was not just to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was to all the households of Egypt. And from the plagues that came upon Egypt, wherein the God of Israel made a distinction between his people who were living in Goshen and the Egyptians, that the God of Israel revealed himself with open miracles. And as a result, there were those who were living in the land of Egypt who were not physical descendants.
descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who came believers, they became believers in the God of Israel, and they had fear and reverence for the God of Israel and put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, and along with the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who put the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost, they came together out of Egypt. At Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19 in verse 3, where we see that those who are there is the house of Jacob, that the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai consisted of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, as well as the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or the mixed multitude who put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. But wait a second, how do the non-physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob become a part of the house of Jacob? The answer is they're regarded as strangers, sojourners. They were adopted or they were grafted in. Now, a term that is given to the house of Jacob and their descendants from Mount Sinai in Jeremiah in chapter 11 in verse 16, it states the following. The Lord called your name a green olive tree. Who is this green olive tree? Well, in Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 17, it says the house of Israel and the house of Judah. The house of Israel or the house of Judah is called an olive tree. And then it says at the end of Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 16, that the branches of this olive tree is broken. This is referring to the natural olive tree consisting of the house of Jacob, which makes up the literal house of Israel, which is the northern kingdom, also known as Ephraim, the house of Joseph or Samaria, and the literal house of Judah or the southern kingdom. It was this natural olive tree is the house of Jacob that was at Mount Sinai. But the people broke the covenant. And from breaking the covenant, it says in Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 16, that the branches of this olive tree was broken. Well, how are these broken branches going to be mended or restored? And that is going to happen through Yahweh Yeshua renewing the covenant that he made with the house of Jacob at Mount Sinai. And the prophecy of this new covenant, or in Hebrew, it's understood to be a renewed covenant. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31, it is written, Behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant, or a renewed covenant, with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. This is quoted in Hebrews in chapter 8. And verse 8, as it is written, for finding fault with them. Notice he didn't find fault with the covenant at Mount Sinai. Because see, if he found fault with the covenant at Mount Sinai, then he would have to find fault with the one who gave the covenant or the lawgiver. And there's nothing wrong with the one who gave the covenant. There's nothing wrong with the lawgiver. The problem is the receivers of the Torah and specifically the 
problem is the heart of the receivers of the Torah that the Torah was received at Mount Sinai with a stony heart. So he found fault with them and in finding fault with them or the stony heart, he said, behold, the days come, says the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Yeshua's family, those who are part of his redeemed or his saved family, they are also called the house of Jacob. Luke in chapter 1 and verse 33, it is written, and he, that is Yeshua, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. I want you to notice who Yeshua rules and reigns over forever. What is the name of his covenant family? It is the house of Jacob. Paul in Romans 11 explains how the broken branches of Jeremiah chapter 11 in verse 16 are going to be mended or restored. And the olive tree of Romans 11 that Paul is referring to is a restored or a redeemed olive tree of the new covenant through Yeshua the Messiah by him shedding his blood on the tree and for those who accept Yeshua shed blood for the forgiveness of their sins and are saved and redeemed or a part of his covenant family. And this redeemed or saved olive tree of Romans chapter 11, who is the house of Jacob, consists of the redeemed or the saved house of Israel or Ephraim or the house of Joseph and the redeemed house of Judah. What I want you to notice in Romans chapter 11 is that Romans chapter 11 tells us that both the wild branches and and the natural branches are grafted into this redeemed olive tree in Yeshua, of which he is the root of that olive tree. So both the wild branches and the natural branches are grafted in. In Romans, in chapter 11 and verse 17, we are told that the wild branches, when they believe that they are grafted in, and most non-Jewish believers in Yeshua are aware of this, but they are not so much aware of what it says in Romans 11 verse 24, that the natural branches, when they believe, are grafted in as well. Romans 11 verse 24, it is written, if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and you are grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these which be the natural branches be grafted in to their own olive tree. I want you to notice that all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah are grafted in. Why are all believers in Yeshua as the Messiah grafted in? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, 
God in order for our sins to be forgiven, in order for us to be restored to him, we have to go through the blood of Yeshua and the new covenant that he made with the house of Israel and the house of Judah and the literal house of Israel and the house of Judah themselves were broken off. All in the world, including the house of Jacob, are broken off because we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as it is stated in Romans in chapter 3 and verse 23. So it is the natural olive tree when they believe get grafted into this redeemed olive tree in Yeshua. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject Yeshua from Genesis to Revelation. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts in order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others. We are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.